All right, the word of the Lord to us in the month of October. I was so blessed by the teachings in September that we are never going to forget Jubilee. For those who were with us at the life class, you know what that means. Because every Sunday we're going to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Jubilee. We are going to talk about them. We will talk about their relationship. When we are talking relationships, we will talk about how Mr. Jubilee met Mrs. Jubilee. When we are talking parenting, we will talk about the principles that they are using to raise their kids. When we are talking about finances and how the Jubilees became debt-free, we are going to learn from Mr. and Mrs. Jubilee. When we are talking about how from nothing, renting in this same city, how Mr. and Mrs. Jubilee now own multiple rental properties across Canada. We are going to talk about them. And very soon, you will begin to realize that I am actually Jubilee. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. So the word of the Lord to us in the month of October is northward. Please open your hearts to receive the word this month. North. Northward. And I've been sent to announce to someone this morning. It is time to go forward. It is time to go forward. Okay. I think I'm going to preach this message to myself. I'm going to find a way to sit there and preach this because I'm the only person excited about moving forward. I said it is time to go forward. If you believe it, you should be giving a bigger shout than that. It is time to go forward. Deuteronomy chapter 2, I read from verse 1 to verse 3. Just because we are good Bible students, some books in scriptures are written across years, across decades. In fact, in some chapters... In the same, between verse 1 and verse 2 can be like 50 years. You will see things like, and it came to pass in the fullness of time. After many days. Those are triggers to suggest to you that time has shifted. However, the book of Deuteronomy is a unique one because we believe that the entire book was a speech given in one day. The man of God, Moses, is speaking to the generation that is about to enter into the promised land. And he's giving them gist. How many of us have met our parents' friends before? And they are giving you gist about your parents. Has anybody been there before? Yeah, they are giving you gist about your parents. And you find it difficult to imagine your dad being a boy. Or your mom being a girl. I hear things like, when, is there any Lydie in the room? That's the name that came to my mouth. You know, when Lydie was a girl, you don't even call your mom Lydie. She's mommy. I begin to hear things, for instance, um, there is a famous story that Pastor Matthew tells about how my dad toasted my mom in Vancouver. So maybe when next we have Pastor, we'll tell him to give you guys the gist. All right, I, 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 might, might, might just be led to share the gist. But it's just interesting. I'm imagining my own dad. Uh-huh. You're, you're getting it now. All right. So Moses, the servant of God, is standing before the congregation. And this is the children predominantly born in the wilderness. About to enter into the promised land that was promised to their fathers. But there is something that happened to the fathers that the fathers did not get in. Now God, because God is righteous, because God is faithful, because God is dependable, because he's not a man that he should lie, he's saying, I promised it to a generation that deliberately missed out, but I'm still bringing and accomplishing my purpose with the children. Now they're on the cusp of the promised land, and Moses knows that he himself is not going in with them. So he takes out time and he begins to detail. I don't know if the Lord will give us permission to do a book study on Deuteronomy, but the, the book is designed by the components of a standard covenant. Five parts, if we were to divide the book. But today, the word of the Lord to us is from Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 1 to verse 3. I read from the New Living Translation. It says, then we turned. So can you picture this as a narration? Can we do that together? So he's narrating to them what happened, how we got to where we are now, and what is about to happen next. Then we turned around and we headed back across the wilderness towards the Red Sea, just as the Lord had instructed me. Somebody say, just as the Lord had instructed me. 
It says, and we wandered around the region of Mount Seir for a long time. Somebody say, for a long time. I love verse 2. It says, then at last, the Lord said to me, then at last, the word of the Lord came to us. It says, you have been wandering around in this ill country for long enough. It is time to turn to the north and it is time for you to move forward. And it's the same way I've come to announce to someone, you've stayed on that mountain for so long. You've stayed on the same level for too long. You've coasted in that comfort zone for too long. The word of the Lord has come to you this morning. And whether you like it or not, under this prophetic anointing, it is time for you to go forward. In the name of Jesus. Now the beauty about God's word, God didn't just say get up and move. It says go north. That sounds very specific to me. It didn't just say wake up and go. It says I am going to take responsibility for providing direction. So in the brevity of the time we have, which today is actually real brevity. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, I feel like, you know when you take a, a child's toy, you know, and you cage their wings, this timing that you people are boxing me to, thank God that God is not boxed into time. And what he said to do, he will do it. In the name of Jesus. There are four things I want us to receive from the throne this morning. If I am able to deliver God's word to us, then it would have been a successful service. If you are able to receive those four things, not in the usual, I came to church, I had a nice sermon, I am driving home, tomorrow is going to be greater, somehow, somehow, no. Something is going to happen to you today that you are going to know exactly how this progress happens. And when it happens, you are going to pause. You are going to look back from where God picked you from. And it's going to be obvious that this was the hand of the Lord. I'm saying it's going to be so obvious. This can't be anyone else. This obviously, definitely is the hand of the Lord. And that will be your testimony. That will be my testimony. That will be your testimony. In the name of Jesus. If they can put on our screen again, Deuteronomy chapter 2. He says it was the Lord that instructed me to be wandering around. Is that in your Bible? God gave instruction. He just said, continue going. When I say move, you move. But just continue. So we to be continued. And people around us had some nice ideas. Why don't you do this? The Lord says, continue. Why don't you try this? The Lord says, keep singing. Why don't you go? I know one, somebody, somewhere. The Lord says, continue. Are you sure you are, this, is, this is bordering on irresponsibility? You mean you are not going to take any action? Well, my action is obedience. It says continue, so I continue. It says show up, I show up. It says worship me, I worship him. Are you sure you are not going to start doing things? See, the pressure to do things differently is a demonic agenda to pull you out of God's plan. Did you hear me? So he says that we were there just moving around for a long time. Verse 2 says, at last, God said to me. My question is, what if in between verse 1 and verse 2, you lose your ability to hear God? So that when God is saying, it is time to move, you didn't know it was time to move. You are saying God told me to stay here, which is correct. The only issue is that God has spoken again. Now we are said move. But you between when he said continue and move, something happened to you. You left the place where you heard God's voice. You left the posture where God's voice is able to meet you and give you instructions. Have you ever left your house before? You put your destination in a GPS, in any of the apps. You get to a region where the network is poor. Any witnesses in the room? And suddenly, you know when you left the house that the journey was supposed to be X minutes. Now, you are struggling with where to go. Your app too is struggling with where to go. Because it's trying to reroute, but there's no network. My question is, when it is time to move forward, will you have the network to hear? Will you have the sensitivity to pick now that a phase has come to an end and I am on the cusp of something new? 
Because the first thing that happens if you and I are going to move northward is that there must be calibration. Somebody say calibration. Somebody say calibration. Say it again. Calibration. If you are going to be able to forge northward, there is something God begins to do with you. God does that thing when you are going around. When you are wondering, is the time to learn to hear God's voice. In that place of waiting of God, what next? When am I doing this? When am I getting married? When is this going to happen? When are we going to move out? When is this? In that place of wandering is the place where in partnership with the Spirit, you are calibrating your instruments and able to hear God. I am able to say God said to me. God told me. Because if you are not able to say that from verse 1, verse 2 will never happen. At last, the Lord said, what did I hear? Somebody say calibration. Psalms chapter 32, I want to read from verse 8 and verse 9. Psalms chapter 32, verse 8 and verse 9. This is a scripture you know. I want you to open your heart and let's read God's words together. It says, I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you should go. Hmm. I will guide you with my eye. It says, don't be like the horse or the mule. They have no understanding. They must, somebody say must, be harnessed with beat and bridle. Else, they will not come near you. Tell your neighbor, say don't be like that. Don't be like that. Let's go back to, let's see it in the the Passion Translation. And then we'll go back to verse 8. It says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you. Instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Somebody tell your neighbor, don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn. When I take you to where you've not been before, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. No, I am going to willingly, gladly say yes because I have calibrated and I can hear and I can say this is the voice of God. Let's go back to verse 8 in the NKJV. It says, I will instruct you in the way. God's mechanism for instruction. Please, I know you hear this voice, but the Spirit of God will have us see two things from here. God's mechanism of instruction is instruction in the way. You didn't get that. Instruction in the way. Not instruction before the journey. Instruction before the journey is go to CN Tower, I will meet you there. Instruction in the way is set out, turn left. In the way. Move five steps, turn right. In the way. Because what is most important is not where you are going to. It is the one going with you. And your ability to hear and to know and to discern his will. In the way. Somebody say, in the way. Such that divine direction is for those who honor God's presence. And prioritize his way more than your own way. Have you ever been on the road before where you know where you are going to? You know where you are going to. But you just decide to enter it in the maps. The map says turn right. You know the normal next turn is a left turn. But there's something the map knows that you don't know. The map knows there's construction in the way. The map knows there is a crash on the 401. But you know that is the way you always go. So the instruction is if you entered it in your house and it said go 401, sometimes it will tell you now we are rerouting. Better route found. Because the instruction is in the way. Somebody say in the way. But more critically is that God decides and has determined that he wants to guide you with his eye. That is on two levels. The first level is that you are so close to him. You know his sign languages. Hello. Hello. I've shared this with us before. The generation of kids today who don't know instruction with the eye. Back in the days when you have guests, you serve them maltina. If you don't know what malt is, then you should be at the young adult service. (laughs) We serve them malt, you, you know, all the things in the house, you know, that you can't touch. 
Suddenly guests are here and those things come out. Sharp child. You know, you just start dancing around the guests. You're just dancing and you're just smiling because you know that it's out now. I can participate. But then daddy just shows up and gives you that look. And you get the message and you readjust. All right? But children of nowadays, you give them the eye, they don't understand. You actually start winking. Mom, is there anything wrong with your eyes? <laughs> You're like, man, these are the end times. These kids, <laughs> these kids, I remember a story Pastor Fred shared. In the house, fried rice was only Christmas. Only Christmas. Only. They had gone to visit someone and the instruction from the house, you are not eating anything there. So I arrived there and they said, oh, we have food. What are you going to eat? Ah, let's say the boy's name. Junior, how are you? He has grown so much. Junior, come. And Junior sees the table set before him in the presence of the chicken on the food is what five people in our own house. Typically, five people in our own house will share. But now this is one person's chicken. They're like, what on earth? Is this place for real? And they said, do you want some? And you remember the voice of daddy. He said, do you, do you want to know the real answer? <laughs> the pastor friend said, daddy, he saw that food. Ah, no, that's a dangerous answer. My daddy said, hey, hey. You know, in that moment, daddy said, no, no, ah, no, no. But you know it's a trap, right? You know, you know. It's a trap. Because when you get home, uh-huh, you get calibrated. You understand? He said he just knew it, and he said, I'm going to eat this food. Daddy did all the doings. He said, Daddy, you are, is it not flog? You flog me. But for, for this joy before me now, I'm going to enjoy that cross. Is it not flog? He said he ate that. You know when you eat it, it's on the last bite. You now remember that. Was it worth it? It better be worth it. <laughs> Glory to God. But, but listen to me. This is really where the Spirit of God wants me to emphasize this. If you are going to see my eyes, you must be looking to my face. I can't be giving you signals and you're looking down. You won't see it. You won't see it. And we have a generation that is uninterested in his face. You're looking at his hands. You're looking at his hands. He's saying, I want to show you. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. John chapter 10, verse 3 to verse 5. John chapter 10, verse 3 to verse 5. Please, before anybody convinces you that God told me, ask them, before now, before now, what has God told you before? You can't just show up to me and say, uh, PD, um, God told me, and you know, I just saw sister, sister Wu now. Sister Jane. Boy, she sings like an angel. One day she was leading worship and I just fell into a vision. PD, I heard the voice of the Lord. The Lord said to me, Jane is your wife. And, and PD, I received the word with joy. I just want to tell you, because you're my pastor, that sister Jane is my wife. God told me. So glory to God. God told you. But wait, what else has God told you? How did you know it was God? Because we have many who have not invested in calibrating their instruments of hearing. And they will claim God told me. I'm not saying God did not tell you. What else has he told you? Do you have a track record of things that he told you? How did you know it was God? Because you're about to lead both yourself and Sister Jane into a ditch that God has no hands in. And suddenly when Sister Jane, Jane Zs, and Sister, another sister's name, Sister, Sister Julie. Sister Julie is now the new lady in church. Boy, isn't Sister Julie fine? When she sings, not only is the anointing, the roof is caving. And suddenly you hear God again. Which God? And the voice of the Lord came unto me again. My son, it is no longer Jane. It is now Julie. My, my brother, you are in the valley of confusion. You are the God speaking to yourself. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice. And they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. It says, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. It says they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him 
because they don't know his voice. Please do not take the voice of the adversary with kid gloves. Don't take it with kid gloves. You silence it immediately. You rebuke that voice immediately. Say, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Don't, don't, don't kid it. The more, the more you kid with the voice of the stranger, you begin to learn the familiarity of the voice of the stranger. You rebuke that voice. You silence it. As you're going out right now, you're going to have an accident. Your right tire is going to fling up, you know, and it's going to this. You don't say, no, no, no. Oh, no, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that foul spirit of death. I silence you right now as I have set out on this journey. My steps are ordered. Angels are surrounding this vehicle. We arrive safely in the name of Jesus. That's how it is done. You don't do kid gloves with the voice of the stranger. Somebody say calibrate. Somebody say calibrate. Now, having calibrated, the next thing is to collaborate. Ah. Are you ready for the word this morning? Because we are moving forward. We are moving forward. Two people, we are moving forward. We are moving forward. We are moving forward. If I were to ask you, how did God lead his people into the promised land? You're going to tell me it was the presence of the Lord. Moses is saying, we are going nowhere except your presence goes with us. God says, I will send my angel. My presence will go with you. I will send you the pillar of cloud. I will send you the pillar of fire. Exodus chapter 13 and verse 21. Please listen to God's word. If you call... Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go into God's word. Exodus chapter 13 verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in the pillar of cloud... To lead them by the way and by night in a pillar of fire. To give them light to go by day and night. So they received supernatural guidance in the day. And they received supernatural guidance in the night. Are we still there? Are we still there? Exodus chapter 14 verse 24. Exodus chapter 14 verse 24. And it came to pass... That in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire of cloud, through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the hosts of the Egyptians. So the Lord's presence was with them, right? The Lord's presence was with them, right? The pillar of cloud was with them, right? The pillar of fire was with them, right? It's also, it also says that the angel of the Lord went with and ahead of them, right? So, all of this supernatural assistance. However, because God is a God of wisdom, Moses saw the need that even though we have spiritual eyes leading us, we also need physical eyes for this journey. Hello. I enjoyed this morning. Numbers chapter 10, verse 29 to verse 32. Numbers chapter 10, verse 29 to verse 32. So Moses said unto Obab, the son of Reuel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. So this is Moses talking to his brother-in-law. It says, we are journeying into the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come thou with us and we will do thee good. For the Lord has spoken good concerning Israel. Now, what was the response? He said unto him, I will not go. I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. Moses said, no. Leave us not, I pray you. For as much as you know how we are to encamp in the wilderness, that thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. And it shall be, if you go with us, yes, it shall be, that the goodness that the Lord gives to us, the same will be to you, even though you are not a part of this covenant. But for the fact that you will allow us to collaborate with you, the Lord will bless you for it. The next verse thing gives us his response. It says, and they went. It is in the book of Judges that we confirm that Obab actually joined them on this journey. Are you with me? Are you with me? Even though God takes pride in leading you supernaturally, God is not too proud for him to say, I used people. So why are you too proud to collaborate? Hello? The presence, the pillar, the fire, and God still brings a man, a human being. He says, you know the way, you know the way. When God says, go forward. He says that, yes, we're going forward. There is a pitfall in this place. You need the voice of a coach. You need the voice of a counselor. 
The Spirit of God plays that role and the Spirit of God uses people in your journey. Men, women, institutions, voices, and he speaks through them. Now, let me sound this on the rooftop. It is dangerous to collaborate before calibration. For if you must partner with the human tools that God will use, you must have solidified your relationship with God. So the day they wake up and speak in their flesh, you can pick it. Oh no. Am I in church today? Are you getting this? So God is going to use people, people, friends, that the Spirit of God will speak through. But sometimes it may not be the Spirit of God speaking through them. Even though the Spirit of God spoke through them accurately yesterday. But if I have calibrated and I know how to hear the voice of God, I can tell that even though you have a track record of being dependable, in this moment, this is not God speaking. Because on this journey, many will enter into alliances without seeking the face of God first. That is a recipe for disaster. You will not thrive and you will not go forward. But God is saying, having sorted and established my place, I will put men, women in your journey and I will expect you to be humble enough to listen and to pick my voice through their voice. Jo Joshua chapter 9, Joshua chapter 9, verse 3 and verse 4. Joshua chapter 9, verse 3 and verse 4. When the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they did work willingly, deceitfully, and went and made all that they had been ambassadors, took old sacks upon the asses, wine bottles, old, rent and bound up. I believe you know this story. The man of God who has a relationship with God, who has calibrated, knows the voice of God, one day decides that maybe I don't need to talk to God about this. So he decides to collaborate before calibration. The lesson here is not don't collaborate, don't listen to people, no. It is have the voice of God sorted and intact. So that when the voice of the people is not the voice of God, you can call it what it is. I know that that is not for you. It says they looked at the evidence. Everything was intact. Everything looked exactly the way they said. Verse 14. If you can give us verse 14 in the New Living Translation. So is the Israelites examined their food. Have you seen that? They were looking at the facts. But did not consult the Lord. Is there anything wrong with examining the facts? No. But we consult the Lord first. And I pray for you that any plan of the enemy to bring destruction to your journey through deception, through deceit, through nicely packaged lies, it is exposed in the mighty name of Jesus. I said it is exposed in the mighty name of Jesus. I can't leave this point without showing you a proper example of calibration before collaboration. First Samuel chapter 30. Because of our time, we read verse 8 and we read verse 11. The Bible tells us that David and his men had returned and they saw their house, everything taken away, everything captured. It says in that moment, David inquired at the Lord. He consulted the Lord first. And he said, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail, you will do what? Recover all. Are you still in church this morning? So David had, by calibration, received the word of the Lord on the matter. It was in verse 11. He ran into a man. He says one of the Egyptian slaves had been left behind. David was kind to him. They gave him bread. They gave him food. Even God, who had spoken and said you will recover, planted somebody in the way that you will do good to. Did you see that? Hello? Did you see that? Somebody in your journey. When you do good to them, they will now begin to speak. Not in their own voice, but a voice of direction. And I pray for you in this season and in this new month, where God's word has come to us to go forward, forward, forward. You will hear his voice clearly. You will hear his voice clearly. And the helpers that he has surrounded you with to make the journey lighter, to make the journey easier, to make the boarding easier, to make the journey more successful, Helpers of destiny, burden lifters. I pray that the Lord begins to activate their ministry in their life, in your life, in the mighty name of Jesus. And the day they stop doing the work of God, 
and they start doing the work of the adversary, the Lord will open your eyes. It will give you discernment and you'll be able to tell. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. So in this season, God's word to us is to move forward. Go northward. God is specific about instructing you in the way. And having you focus on his face so you can see his eyes. You calibrate your instrument. You're able to hear God. You know how you hear him. You know how he speaks. And please hear me, child of God. Maybe I should just chip this in. Knowing the voice of God is more critical to you than knowing how God speaks. I'm going to say that one more time. Knowing that this is God speaking is more important than knowing that this is how God speaks. Do you understand? So, a lot of you in this room have my phone number. When I call you, it most likely should call ID, right? So, this is not even me trying to block or to be shady. It is showing my name. But you cannot P this voice. And you can know that even though this is his phone number, this is not PD talking. Do you understand? Because many believers have gotten into trouble. You hear things like, I know how God speaks to me. He speaks to me through my dreams. And it was in that dream that I saw and I thought that God said. But if you had known his voice rather than the how, you would have known that even though it was a dream, that was not God. And I pray for you once again this morning, you will know his voice. And the voice of a stranger you will discern. The evil and the trap set for you, you will not fall into it. Victoriously, you will leap over it. In the name of Jesus. And then in the journey of wandering, wandering before moving about, there is a calibration, there is a collaboration. And number three, you build convictions. Somebody say convictions. Somebody say convictions. Conviction is when you are sure that you are sure of what you are sure of. Do you understand? When you are sure that you are sure of what you are sure of. There is nothing on the surface of the earth that can be new, otherwise convincing argument. You are sure that you are sure that what you are sure of, you are sure of it. You know, if you do not get to the place of convictions, the world we are living today will make a mess of everything you believe that you believe. You will think you believe it until facts begin to show up. Huh. You will now begin to question like, oh, they, they have caught you. But when you are sure that 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 you are sure there is nothing from the pit of hell that can rattle you. In this journey of life, when it's time to move northward, you have to be convinced. I heard the voice of God. He said, go, and I am going. It might look to you like I made a stupid decision, but you come check me back. You will discover that I have left the wilderness. I have now entered into my place of promise. I am now in that land indeed flowing with milk and with honey because I was so sure that the voice I heard was the voice of God. And hear me, you can never, this is why conviction does not exist outside, outside of the realm of the spirit. You can never truly believe something in a way that it is ingrained in you to become a conviction without the help of the Holy Spirit. You can really, 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 truly believe something until there is a superior convincing argument. But when the Holy Spirit is involved, you know that you know that you know. Hello? Hello? Am I in church this morning? I'm saying you will know that you know that you know that you know. By the Spirit. We live in a dangerous world. You cannot pitch your life on facts. You cannot even pitch your life on evidence. Tech people, do you know what is called deep fakes now? Anybody heard of deep fakes in the world of artificial intelligence? It means you can reconstruct this live stream the same me, the same appearance, the same microphone, the same voice texture, saying things that I never said. But there is video evidence that I said it. How long will you need video evidence to live your life? Now that the enemy can reconstruct lies. A big scientist shows up tomorrow and says, we have 
we have new convincing evidence now that the place the Christians call the heavens, heavens, where their God is, our telescope just found it. We have found it now. You know, this very powerful microscope, you know, telescope, sorry, we just found it now. You know, and, and in 2022, we started launching asteroids, um, spacecraft to crash into asteroids to prevent them from bumping into Earth, right? That was on the news this week. Hello? Hello? They said now we are sending one to that place. Want to go and blow up their God. So they now announce now that the heaven of the Christians has been blown. They don't have God again. Breaking news. Breaking news. Then to now add the frying pan to the fire. They now call a meeting of all the world's Christian leaders. You see them on TV. All of them. From your fave to my fave. To our fave. Faves. Faves. All of them come on TV and say it is true. Christianity officially came to an end today because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all of them, for some reason, they were in the same throne room together. They didn't have, you know, to separate. So if you blow the Father, leave the Son. If you blow the Son, leave the Spirit. They were together. God the Father, three in one. They were one and they were blown. On the basis of that, there is no Christianity again. So, you go do as you like, believe as you believe. There are actually other religions that were not blown. You can go in that direction and may the Lord be with you. I'm like, which Lord? The same Lord you said they've blown. <laughs> Who is now with me? <laughs> Who is now with me? Help me hold your neighbors and shake them. Say, where are your convictions? Because they're about to be tested. See, the reality of the world is going to shake you if you believe that Jesus heals. Better believe it truly. Don't let there be no doctor's reports that can convince you otherwise. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? In this world, in this, in this realm, there are three witnesses. And I, I need to begin to round up now because we have to take the communion and we still have to end at 12.30. Glory to God. I said glory to God. First, in the court of law, there's something called an eyewitness. An eyewitness is somebody who says, I was there. I saw it. Is it true that this person was in the wrong? They were the ones that turned left or swerved when they should have yielded the right of way. It says, yes, I saw it. I was there. An eyewitness is a compelling argument in any valid jurisdiction or court of law. There's something that goes beyond an eyewitness in the court of law. It's called an expert witness. witness. An expert witness does not even need to be on ground. Hello. Is somebody getting this this morning? You don't even need to be there. In fact, you may not even be in the country. You will be beckoned based on your expertise. That now that you are a certified pathologist or criminologist, based on whatever your expertise is, we can ask you, based on your 20 years experience in this field, is it true that this is how this thing could have happened and this, this, this? And the person says, well, based on my experience, yes. They say, thank you. But in the realm of the spirit, there's something superior to an eyewitness. There's something superior to an expert witness. That is a witness of the spirit. Is a witness of revelation. God said, God told me, I know whom I have believed. I am persuaded. I said I am persuaded. I am fully convinced. I know he's the one that said at last it is time to go northward. Therefore, if I see a valley on the way, I know he's going to lift it. If I see a mountain on the way, I know it is going to crumble. It doesn't matter what I run into. The one who told me I am convinced. I'm not going to look at evidence and start questioning what he said. I am going to hold on to what he said and I'm going to speak to that mountain. Thus said the Lord, I have gone above you. I command you right now to be lifted. That is what God expects of his children. Many are looking at mountains and asking him, did you say go? And when the one that said go is looking at mountains and he's saying, will they tell it go? Number one, you calibrate. Number two, you collaborate. Number three, you establish and build convictions. And number four, having done all of this, the Lord brings circling to an end. I pray for someone. Today we'll end your journey in circles. You've been on the same spot for too long. The same prayer requests for five years. The same struggles for ten years. That circling comes to an end. It is time to go forward. Let me tell your neighbor, it is time to go forward. It is time to go forward. Tell them like you believe it. It is time to go forward. If they don't want to listen to you, that's fine. Just announce to them, I am going forward. 
The Lord has released his word to me. I am going forward. I am going forward. The Lord has sent his word to me. I am going forward. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 3. As we bring the service to a close, we're going to bless the elements. We're going to eat together as we bring the second service to a close. Thank you, Jesus. Is anybody blessed this morning? Are you ready, are you ready to take the month of October? Are you ready to conquer the month of October? Amen. You were seated on the throne. Holy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. You reign forevermore. There is no one else like you. Hallelujah. Let it come up. Amen, amen, amen. You were seated. You were seated on the throne. Holy, holy is the land. Hallelujah. Let the pastors help us with the communion elements. Amen, amen. Lord, you reign. There is no one else. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Come on, sing like you believe it. Amen. It is so, it is so established before time. You were seated. Seated. Holy is the Lamb. Lord, you reign forevermore. There is no one else. There is no one else. Hallelujah. Hey. Amen. You are seated. You are seated. Seated on. Come on, if you can, just rise on your feet this morning. Amen. Those watching online, get your communion elements. You reign. You reign. You reign. There is no one else. There is no one else. Hallelujah. Hey, victoriously, let the champions sing one more time. Amen. You are seated comfortably. Holy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Lord, you reign. There is no one else. There is no one else. Oh, hallelujah. There is no one else like you. There is no one else. There is no one else. There is no one else. No one else like you. Partaking of the table, eating the bread, drinking the blood is a covenant activity for those of us who belong to Christ. Please, if you know you are not born again, this is not the activity you want to join us in. Apart from the fact that you don't need to feel a long application and curse many hurdles right now, right now, you can be a part of this family. If you can reckon that Jesus died for your sins, he was buried in the grave. Is alive today. Is in a place where bombs and ballistic missiles cannot get to. And the king of the universe wants to live in you. If you can believe that, you believe it with your heart and we confess it together. He's able to make you brand new right now. Not tomorrow. He's not adding you to a wait list. 
right now, right now, right now, the life of God, the very life of God, the residence in you, the new creation. Father, I hold my hands in agreement with as many, maybe for the first time of rededicating their lives. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for your righteousness. Jesus, the Son of God, we believe in you. So for the believers, the ones who truly believe, this is his body. This is his blood. This is his body. This is his blood. Hear me. One of three things or all of three things, one of four things or all of the four will happen to us as we partake of the covenant this morning. For someone, you've never in your life boldly said, God told me. Or you remember a time where you could so confidently say, I'm sure the Holy Spirit said to me, but now, even to say something told me, there's a bit of reservation. You are not sure. You've come to partake of his body. You've come to partake of his blood. There is a restoration of relationship. There is a restoration of relationship. I said there is a restoration of relationship. For someone else, as you partake of the table today, the Lord will begin to plant people in your journey. Men and women that will hold your hands. Doors that you've been knocking on. God is going to plant people that have the key. They, in your front, they will open it and walk you inside. And when you are doubting, should I be here? They will kick that door flat and announce to everyone there that I brought this person here and this is where they belong. It is when we hear your testimonies that this will now begin to make sense to us. Strategic destiny relationships in the month of October, the Lord is bringing them alive. In the name of Jesus. And for that person who has ridden on a wave, I am so sure today. I'm not so sure tomorrow. This cold, this flu, it feels like I'm going to die. This symptom is back again. I know Jesus heals. I am just so sure. Is this deal going to go through? Is this promotion going to go through? Am I going to live a life of joy? Is that thing going to return? The Lord is bringing you into a place of deep convictions. In the name of Jesus. And I speak of our KICC, your days of just going in circles and circles and circles and circles and circles and circles. We break that cycle by the authority of the blood in the name of Jesus. And it is time to move forward. Father, we thank you for the privilege to eat. This is your body. This is your blood. We do this in obedience to you. Thank you, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Please eat together. Eat together. I'll give you 60 seconds. We have overshot by three minutes. But these 60 seconds make it count. Commit the month of October into his hands. He knows tomorrow. He knows next week. We don't. So, what's the better deal? To worry and be anxious about tomorrow? Or to commit it to the one who knows tomorrow? I think it would be wiser to hand it over to him. Hand it over. If you have a language of the Spirit, you're not even sure. You're not sure what to pray about. You're not sure how. Committed to the Spirit. He says he's seated on his throne. You don't understand. There's no emergency in his world. There's no suddenly. There's no, oh, 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 we didn't see that coming. He saw it coming. For some of you right now, he's going ahead of you. All the traps, the enemy's design. The enemy's joy that they will stumble is going ahead of you now. He's going ahead of you. Crooked paths making them straight. Oh, there is no one else like you. Take 30 more seconds. Make it count. There is no one else. Hey, he says to you, my daughter, don't be worried about the delivery dates. I have chosen the doctors. I have chosen the nurses. I have put special people on duty for that day. He says to you, my son, don't be worried about that admission. I have made it possible. I have chosen the men. I have chosen the women. He says to you, my daughter, don't be scared. Don't be scared. I have chosen the people. I have consecrated the day. I have set it apart for my glory. There is no one else. There is no one else. There is no one else. 
No one else like you. No one else like you. Oh, thank you for the month of October. A month of rejoicing. A month of progress. A month of moving forward. A month of established victories. There is no one else like you. Oh, hallelujah. I want your amen in this room to sound as loudly as you can. Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, you can do better than that. Father, in the name of Jesus. In this month of October, as you have sent your words to us, I speak over the life of everyone under the sound of my voice by prophecy, by supernatural assistance, by destiny helpers, by prophetic coincidences. However, what we know is that the monarch of the universe has spoken. Therefore, I speak to you. I speak to your destiny. I speak to your life, in your health, in the works of your hands, concerning everything that concerns you. I speak to you right now. Move forward. Move forward. No more delay. No more stagnancy. In the name of Jesus, every altar that is dry, every altar that has lacked oil, that has lacked fire, the place of his face, where he reveals his will, shows you his counsel. We speak this morning together in agreement that there is reactivation of fire. Fire on your altar. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Palekede Bogodoyata. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to someone, He says, The helper that I appointed to help you. He said, In their disobedience, they have decided that they will not do what I've asked them to do. God says, I'm going to replace 100 people. I'm going to replace them with 100 helpers. You will turn to your left, you will see help. Oh no, is this how you receive God's word? You will turn to your right, you will see help. You will move forward, you will see help. You will look behind you, you will see help. Everywhere you turn, you see help. Even those who don't want to help you. The pharaohs, the Nebuchadnezzars, the Merodachs of this world. That by design, they should not help you. The hand of the Lord comes mightily. The grace for favor. Compelling favor. Men, women, see your fire. Somebody, the Lord says to announce to you, I have picked you out from the wait list. And that you are next for a miracle. I don't know who that is. I have picked you out from the wait list. And you are next for a miracle. We decree that it is so. In the name of Jesus. We seal these testimonies with the blood of Jesus. We will return with thanksgiving. We will return with testimonies. It will be to his majesty alone. We believe it is done. We decree that it is done. And for as many people in this room. That agree with me that it is done. I want you to jam those hands together. Give the Lord a big shout! Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you are a champion. God bless you.